So Jonathan, how was your day? Well, today was good, and yesterday was pretty cool. The day before that, less than ideal. But the day before that was actually pretty <laughs> awesome. I enjoyed that <laughs> a lot. Come by you, Do you hear that? What are we? What are we hearing? <laughs> that. That right there. The. <laughs> Who's doing that? Who's? Somebody sneaking around. <laughs> Well, we can hear them, so they're not doing very good at it. And music is done. Y'all, what is up? We have an excellent episode for you. It's about horror media. Yeah, welcome back to the B Team um, Podcast. That's, yeah, that's horror H O R R O R. Yeah, it's like scary stuff. It's a great show. Yeah. Clarified <laughs> that back in. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Yeah. Pronunciation um, is a struggle sometimes. Got yeah. all letters in there. Yeah. Katie is not here for this episode. She's... She is traveling like a nerd. <laughs> Imagine going places. Yeah. Seeing your friends out of town? What? Having friends out of town? Scoff. <laughs> friends? That's just you guys. Preposterous. <laughs> you don't need more friends than a podcast's worth. So. So anyways. <laughs> yeah. um, so check in? I'm good. You check in? I mean, I think they heard my check in in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was your legit check in. That was Jonathan's yes, actual. Legitimately. All right. Yeah, no, legitimately, I had a little bit of an interesting week, but it worked out pretty good, you know, good. had a good week. Good. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Brexit? I'm good. Yeah. You know me? Very good. The stud bucket over there. Just stud having, bucket. Having a great week. You know what? Yeah, sure. We're trying, we try. Mm. What about you, Christopher? I'm doing pretty fantastic. Not doing a whole lot, just school stuff and binging iconic Halloween movies, getting ready for... Halloween. Yeah, I actually saw my first my first considered a horror movie um, earlier this week. Mm -hmm. It was Scream, which is the best. Which I I'll be honest, I really enjoyed it. It's so I good. I really did. Yeah, I I love horror stuff. I love Halloween, and I've been making my way through all the iconic horror movies like you know, Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And Scream is my favorite, just because it's super meta. I have seen half of Friday th the 13th. I hear the second one is really where, it, the second half is really where it comes in, clutches the <laughs> scary part. But the first half is just a bunch of people getting murdered, which frankly isn't, isn't that terrifying. No. Well, you're beating me, because I still haven't seen really any Halloween movies that are classics, so. But that's all right, because it's not just Halloween movies, it's books, it's shows, it's the kitten caboodle and today we were talking about horror media as a whole so all sorts of uh i guess media all sorts of mediums that things can be Whoa. shown from uh from comics to radio show to silver big screen anything that we can take in spooky wise is, is what yeah. we're going to talk about today so um yeah yeah let's start so let's go favorite spooky spooky we'll start with shows favorite spooky shows shows mm. yeah uh -oh. my personal favorite um is actually a spin-off show it's a spin-off of buffy the vampire slayer which is also excellent but it's angel and it's his spin-off show in la right. um 
Remind me who so he is. So Angel sure. is the spoiler alerts for the first season of Buffy. It's been out since like the seventies, eighties, whatever. If you haven't seen it, your problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, Angel is the tall, dark, brooding, handsome vampire dude. Angel is a great show, though. It's it's so it starts with Angel, um, played by David Barnias. It starts with what's the Cordelia played by Charisma Chase and then Doyle and I can't remember who Doyle's played by I have no idea but um Angel essentially moves out to LA and he starts like hunting demons and monsters there and then plot twist Cordelia from Buffy is also in LA and she's like oh I'll be the receptionist and then there's Doyle and Doyle is a demon half demon and he's Irish and he's an excellent character um but he gets visions from the powers that be. Gotcha. And that's essentially his whole his whole shtick is the powers that be give him visions and then he's like, okay, this is what that is. And Angel's like, alright, time to go fight the bad guys. Hmm, nice. And yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Okay. Do you got a show, Jonathan? Like, do I have a show? Anything I mean, spooky kind of that you enjoy? Spooky kind of. I've seen a few episodes of the show from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I don't mm. really have too many like spooky things. There are a few spooky episodes in Star Trek from growing up, and mm. a few spooky episodes in Firefly, but like nothing super uh, off nothing the wall. I don't know. My family never really did horror. Gotcha. Ever so. Okay. Which is fair. Like, Buffy's yeah. the closest my family got. The closest thing I can talk about in horror movies is tropes that actually just bother me in horror movies. I would love to like, talk about that. Yeah. Like, when people, like, have an obvious solution and they just ignore it. There's a commercial. It's one of my favorite commercials <laughs> ever. Mm. It's a bunch of people are standing outside a cornfield, a barn, and a house. And they're talking about what they do next because some creepy thing happened. And one of the guys goes... Guys, why don't we just get in that running car with the doors open? And the rest of them are like, no, 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 no. How about we go hide in the barn with all the saws and sharp implements? It's it's one of those guy cooking It's like, if you're in a horror movie, you make bad decisions. Like, if you need insurance, you get Geico. That's Not sponsored. I love those. That's such a good commercial. Well, it's a great commercial. And so, like, I was watching Scream 2. I'm going to spoil all the things I've seen because they've been out since, like, Scream 2 was, like, the 90s or whatever. Ago. So, like, the the main character in Scream and Scream 2 is Sydney, mm-hmm. And at the end of Scream 1, she kills people. Which means that's not, like, out of character for her as well. Well, let's specify. Like, it's, it is out of character, but, like, she's done it. She kills the bad guys. She kills the bad guys. That's she kills the, the bad guys. <laughs> and then there's people running, chasing her down. And this one time, she's in the backseat of a car. Mm-hmm. And the Scream dry ghost face is t- driving the car. And then he's, like, knocked unconscious. And she's climbing over him, trying not to wake him up. And so is her friend. And I'm like, but you could kill him. Like, yeah, you've killed the people who are trying to kill you before. This is true. And it's the yeah. same thing. It's not the same guys, but it's the same deal. So, like... But you also have to acknowledge, Sydney makes far better decisions than many people in other She world. does, and that's kind of she's the point. She's kind of a boss. But, like... This is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Show-wise, I have a bit of an issue, um, which is I've watched all 15 seasons of Supernatural around six times. 
It's my There's favorite 15 show. Seasons now. There are now the final season was fifteen. After eight, they all kind of suck. Um, but I'm in season one, rough. so it's it's gonna be a long journey. Yeah, you'll enjoy all of it until season eight. Then then hey, watch the last. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, watch so the last Sam and fifty percent. My favorite. Yeah, they're the best. Supernatural <laughs> is my favorite clear. show, and it's very horror centric. It's one of the reasons why I have such an interest in folklore and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, love Supernatural. It's it, great. And it it brings up a lot of horror-type stuff that isn't in larger media. Like, the second episode isn't too far from where we are now, actually. It's only a couple hours away. And it has a Wendigo, which is not something that's in a lot of horror movies. A lot of times, it's just yeah. like poltergeist-type stuff. But other than the video game Until Dawn, I can't think of a single other thing that has a Wendigo as the hmm. bad guy. And don't bring up Marvel, because that's not a Wendigo. Put your hand down back. Well, no, that's where I was going, because then I was going to move into comics. <laughs> okay, sure. We'll use that move in comics. Are, are you done? Yeah, go for it. So, I can so, talk on Supernatural all day. Transitioning. Comics media. There mm. is a villain in Marvel called Wendigo, and he got his abilities... In the same way that the Wendigos get them in folklore, which is cannibalizing. Generally, for them, it's in Canada. The mm. rule is if you do it in Canada, you turn into a Wendigo. You do it in the States, something else happens. Right. He's interesting because, like, in some comics, it is kind of a terrifying monster. Um, and then there's one called World War Wendigo where, like, a bunch of, like, the Wendigos start infecting people. And so there's, like hundreds of them running down the x-men and then wolverine gets scratched and turns into a wendigo so it's a wendigo with like two foot long adamantium claws coming out of it That's but so then <laughs> so then they're like how are we going to defeat these guys because like what can you do when mm. 200 wendigos that are supposed to be near unkillable like the hulk and wolverine had to team up on one of these guys like what do you do but so they're all running and they're all fleeing south because they're like we can't go north it's the arctic mm -hmm. you lose and so they go south and as soon as they hit the u.s border because for some reason, supernatural things respect borders. As soon as the Wendigo hit the border, they revert back to human form. Huh? Because they're no longer in Canada. And so it's interesting because it has this concept of, like, it is bound to the land that it's tied to. Which, if you think about, like, vampires not being able to enter a house, it's yeah. similar to that, where it's human-drawn borders. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But the supernatural things. So there's that. Yeah. Um, the only thing I could think of when you said can't go north was, oh, because Frankenstein's up there. <laughs> that is a whole nother... His monster. So, his monster. His monster. Right. Sorry. Right, right. People are going to be mad at me for that one. Yeah. Oh. We can we can branch <laughs> yeah. from comic books to novels. Frankenstein. <laughs> or here, you... Do so, real quick. Sorry. Comics. Um, yeah, the clap was really loud. Um, but other, other comics medias, Marvel did a whole horror tales, um, like way back in the day. With Frankenstein's monster and Dracula and Werewolf by Night got started at that point. And now he's become more popular with Marvel doing a show about him. And that's also where Moon Knight first showed up. Mm -hmm. um, but they did the Legends of the Mummy. And then with that, they had some characters that stuck around. Frankenstein's monster comes back every once in a while. Um, Werewolf by Night has been a relatively consistent character. And mm -hmm. the biggest character to come out of that area of comics would probably have to be Blade. Which ah. is, um, A, one of the things that paved the way for superhero movies but mm -hmm. blade is the half vamp vampire called the dampier and he hunts vampires and he's i would argue i would make the very convincing argument that he's the best 
vampire hunter in any like media. Okay, we can fight about that later. Who's but... better? Who's better? <clears throat> can bring up Winchester. Winchester. <laughs> Dude, but... Blade could clap them. He's jumped. He jumps like ten stories. What are they gonna do? Shoot him? He's got a healing factor. And then he'll they'll come back from the dead and try something new. They, it's how the show went fifteen seasons. But... Blade's been to hell and back and killed things down there that didn't come back from there. Sam and Sam, actually Sam and Dean. But <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, we can we can argue about that for a while. But I have no doubt. Yeah. Do you have any, any book-type things that are spooky? You, there was that one book with Dracula you told us about. <laughs> what is the title of that, actually? You said it's... it was, like, Out of the Darkness or something. Yeah. But while he's looking for that... Okay, so, my favorite novel, my favorite book, is the first novel I think I ever actually read, and it's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. And I love it so much. I it's the only book I think I've sat down and reread in its entirety, start to finish for like fun. It's so good, and I have like it's like a core memory finishing that for the first time. Because so I was like, oh geez, like the guy on the boat being Victor Frankenstein. He's telling the story. He's out here looking for the monster right now. <gasps> it's in the cabin. And it's just such a good book. You should definitely read it. I it love adaptations <laughs> from it. It's just so freaking good. But uh, Dracula is also a phenomenal book. It's much more difficult to start out reading, be especially if you don't like understand what's going on and pay attention too much. Um, I it took me a couple tries to read that through, just because I couldn't grasp the concept that I was reading letters in a book because I wasn't really paying attention. But if you sit down and pay attention to it, it's a really, really good book. Um, then there's some more, like, realistic stuff that I've read. There's a book called The Rite, uh, which talks about exorcism in the Catholic Church, and that's really interesting. Um, but there's so much stuff, and all those, like, classic horror things, those things that, like, paved the road for horror movies and the genre to grow like Bram Stoker's Dracula and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. They're some of my favorite like bits of literature in history. So good. So we're transitioning into my book from that is it's one I've talked about before with these guys. It's called Out of the Dark. It's a book by David Weber. It's kind of strange. <laughs> it starts off with uh, uh, aliens um, watching the Battle of Agincourt. Uh, from a ship outside of Earth's atmosphere, and they decide that humans are too dangerous, and they have to come and take them over. Uh, but when they get back, it's like the 21st century, and we have tanks and planes, and, you know, generally all the technology we have. But they still decide to take us over, even though that's against their rules, and they are not prepared for it. And it goes on like this. Uh, they have, like, thermal trackers and stuff like that that they're using, and they find this just block of heat that they're so confused by because they've never attacked a 21st century technology planet before. And uh, it turns out that it's a tank and a column of tanks, and they just lay waste to the entire column that's attacking that particular spot. Those tanks eventually get, like, you know, bombarded from orbit and destroyed. Um, 
So generally, the battle's going fairly well for the aliens, right? Poorly for the humans because there's, you know, a spaceship bombarding them. Until they destroy one small town in Austria. Mm. And suddenly... What's in Austria? Suddenly vampires. (laughs) (laughs) Just uh, Vlad the Impaler just shows up and just destroys their entire base. Hitches a ride on the outside of their troop transport back to their ship. Because, you know, undead, don't gotta breathe. Mm. Not gonna freeze to death. Can't survive outer space. Takes over their ship. And then starts going back to the galactic empire that these aliens have set up. And that's where the book ends. And it's just the most confusing (laughs) thing. (laughs) It's a great book. First off, how does Dracula survive in space with the sun right there? Boom. Like, there's not a lot to... Hide in the shadow of the ship? I don't, I don't know. Maybe, dark it's, side of maybe the it's like you're Vampires are on the dark side of the moon. Like, Secondly, here's the thing with telescopes. All telescopes are based on mirrors. Never see vampires. Dark matter. Anyway. <laughs> Have you ever seen a vampire so, in space? It's because telescopes work on mirrors. They're out uh, there. Space That's vampires. My thought was, you know, you brought up before <laughs> that it's based on human constraints, right? So maybe you can only burn to death in the sun on Earth. Ooh. Fair enough. So I don't know. Definitely not your traditional horror story. Definitely not, but, <laughs> but hilarious. They have vampires, so it counts. Yeah, it counts. I mean, Blade really isn't a horror story. It started as like a Dracula, like same as Van Helsing mm. deal, and then it became just Blade hunting vamps. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that's a weird thing that I just thought about too. Like, there are some like. I feel like a lot of movies that wouldn't be classified as horror have do horror really well. The sure. first thing that comes to mind is Pirates of the Caribbean. The first one, absolutely, absolutely. The well, even the second and, and third ones yeah, too, with Dave like, Jones. That stuff can be scary. Mermaids. I had nightmares about those mermaids when I first <laughs> saw that movie. The uh, fifth one is like the weird undead dude as well. Yeah, well, like guy. they do ghosts and skeletons. Like, a lot of those movies. have really good potential to be scary movies. Or we have a mm-hmm. friend who I don't know if she um, wants us to say her name, but a while ago, her and some of her other friends sat down and they're like, "We're gonna watch a horror movie. What horror movies do we like?" And she was like, "The horror, the only horror movie I've ever seen is Lord of the Rings." <laughs> <laughs> Which, so, if you think about, like, the first sure. one has the ring rates. Yeah. The second yeah. one has war, which it's got, is, like... It's got creepy parts. And then yeah. the yeah. third one has the kingdom of the dead. So, yeah, there are really strong, well-done elements that could Orcs. be used for one. horror. Yeah. Like, I, there are these uh, YouTube channels that they're like, this movie, if it was a horror movie, and they, like take bits from movies and change, like, music and stuff and make a horror movie trailer of a non-horror movie. So, that, that begs the question, what do you think is horror? Like, because would you consider Resident... Or, yeah, it's Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that horror? I I feel like the games are, but the movies are movies are interesting. And then what would you consider the movies? Broken. <laughs> sure, but... So I think I, I, there's horror. Sci-fi. I think... Yeah? Yeah. Fair. Sci-fi is probably correct. Yeah, I think there's, you, yeah. there's a distinction between horror and supernatural. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Well, I would. I was gonna say a lot of those things have thinner lines. Like mm-hmm. Frankenstein, the novel did a really good job paving the way for other 
scary, darker, more macabre mm-hmm. like topics, but it also opened doors for science fiction because mm-hmm. it's science fiction. It was right. it's arguably one of the first big science fiction novels. So I feel like a lot of things have close tie-ins with it, but then we like it's your personal deal what makes it horror because horror is just scary. There's a right. lot of scary like, stuff. I would say Scream. I find Scream more of a comedy movie than right. a horror movie, and it's not even a Halloween movie for me. I just like I'd watch that any time of the year. That's Dang. funny. I feel like I need to pause the conversation and just <laughs> point out the fact that Beckett said there needs to be a distinction between supernatural and horror. What's the What's the name of that show again, Chris? It's Supernatural is the name of the show. It's so good. They aren't mutually Hilarious. exclusive. I thought about addressing it, and then I decided Hilarious. to not. They aren't mutually exclusive. No, and they aren't. No, but they aren't. in certain They're things, cool. like... Lord of the Rings is decidedly supernatural with the Army of the Dead, but I would never consider it horror. Right. Whereas, like... Pirates of the Caribbean, some parts of it walk that line, like sure. when she first comes out onto the pirate ship and they're all scared. Like, scary as that, Yeah, that scene, when I was a kid, I was like, this is the scariest scene in a movie I've ever seen! Yeah. But, like, yeah. even the Matrix, when, like, sure. have you guys seen the third Matrix where the, like, spindly robot things start coming after him <laughs> in the, the real one. world and he's running? Those That's the first one. terrifying. They yeah. do it in the first one, too, but yeah. the third one is primarily That's out of the Matrix. I've only seen the first one. It's so. terrifying, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I, like, you could even watch, like, I don't know. I was trying to think of some, like, faith-based movies. And just to, like, make the point, Supernatural isn't necessarily scary. Like, Ten Plagues, Prince of Egypt, that is, in the time, terrifying. We watch it, and it's not a horror. If we did a live-action Ten Plagues of Egypt, like, Story of Moses, (laughs) a live-action one would I could say that's horror. Yeah. But... It doesn't fit the genre because there's specific rules that make sure. something horror. Yeah. Sure. You ever seen Veggie so, Tales? Tear out. So it'd be more of like a thriller. Yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. 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 Like that. No, I was I was thinking the one that popped in my head is uh, Star Trek Nemesis. Mm. Uh, basic plot is uh, there's a dude that gets a weapon uh, that can basically just irradiate entire planets if he wants. And they have to fight him, and it's quite creepy because he's got a cloak that he can fire through. Gotcha. They they Fine. they they make it a thriller, right? So it's <laughs> yeah, it's hyped up and. Yeah. So like, I was talking to one of my friends live with Winter, um, and he he brought up this idea of like movies like Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth aren't necessarily scary movies in and of themselves. At least not anymore. They produce fear is their goal. Mm. So instead of them being scary, they put something they, in your they put like something it. in your mind of everyday life becomes Ooh. scary, right? So, so like Scream is not a scary movie in and of itself. It's gory, but it's not scary. But like going upstairs in the dark after I watched Scream, I'm thinking I'm like keeping my eyes open for that white face right. because it's not scary, but it's that idea of this is what happens in every like this is what happened in an everyday life. Right. And so in producing those second movies, Scream Two and Halloween Two and Friday the thirteenth two and whatever, mm. Friday the fourteenth, whatever it may be. <laughs> um it produces this fear that insets into people. So when they watch the later movies, those movies become horror. Right. Mm. That is a good point. Because my mom... Okay. The first time I watched the original Halloween, Michael Myers and whatever her face is. I don't remember any character except the scary yeah. guy, though. 
Other well, they all die, so Sydney it doesn't really awesome. matter. Sydney and Dewey are the best. But, uh, they're not That's from Scream. Yeah. yeah. But Halloween, Michael Myers. I sat down and watched that movie with my mom. It was on TV. It was edited. I was like, I don't know, you 16. And cut out the nudity. <laughs> That's like all of the plot points. It's, oh, they can edit it. I, okay. <laughs> so, watching Halloween with my mom. We sat down and we watched it. And I think we were also decorating for like a youth group Halloween party while it was on the TV. And I was watching it. Later that night. It was Halloween. We were all in costumes. And me, my mom, and my youngest brother were standing in front of our glass door in front of our house, taking a picture. Now, my mom doesn't know how to turn around the camera on her phone, so she just turned her phone around and couldn't see us in the picture. My other brother went and got my Michael Myers mask out of my room and put on the costume and hid in the background of the picture. So when my mom turned the phone around to check if the picture was good, Michael Myers was just there. And she was in tears. Because she got so scared by that picture. Right. It was so good. Because watching the movie, it wasn't scary. But when Michael just appears behind you in your house, terrified. Because you know what he can do. And so that's the idea, right? Friday the 13th, at least the part I watched, is not that scary. It's poorly done 80s movies, <laughs> murders, whatever. Sure. But if someone jumped out in a hockey mask now... Yeah. I... It's that, like... It's an association. Reaction, yeah. It's that association. Mm. And so... Uh, yeah. So, movies. <laughs> there are plenty... So, what about some actual scary movies? You guys seen any horror movie? Shining? Do y'all ever? Shining, see? I would count. The Shining. The Shining that. is that definitely horror. I enjoyed yeah. that one. I like mm. my favorite part about that one was torturing my my dear sibling with, <laughs> with the entirety of the psychological horror of it, because mm. I could replicate the voice of the kid. Like oh, that's you know, <laughs> yeah. Red rock. <laughs> that is so weird. I'm but, sorry, Mrs. Whatever. But, Danny isn't here right I now. I hate that yeah. so much. No. So uh, that's the other question. There's psychological horror, mm -hmm. which there's so many movies that can trend into that genre, mm -hmm. but aren't otherwise horror movies. Right. Like, okay. I would say Zodiac could count as that. It's not, it's based on true events. It's what Robert Downey Jr. and whoever played Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. yeah, he's in that. It's literally reporters trying to figure out who the Zodiac killer was. I would say that counts as a psychological thriller, especially because it was based on true stuff. So what would you think of Alien? Alien, I've been thinking about that yeah. since we sat down. I think it would also be a thriller instead of a horror movie. Which is what I'm thinking, because yeah. it's like, it tries to put you on the edge, but it's not like actual, like, this yeah. is going to jump at you. So yeah, you don't, I think the difference would be during a thriller, sitting down watching the movie, you can get scared. A sure. horror movie scared can scare you when you're not watching the movie mm -hmm. anymore. Because yeah. I'm not, I'm not afraid of like alien. Whatever, yeah, yeah, I'm not afraid of aliens yeah. or xenomorphs. But I, I'll be, I, I will admit, I'm not fearless. I would be scared of a um, guy just being in my house in like with a knife. Like I'd be afraid of a demon or some supernatural entity. Outside a movie because that stuff is one distinctly real, and mm -hmm. two, the horror movie 
puts an association in your head yeah. that affects your outside movement. Just psychological horrors. Because there are, like, some that are just... They're not even meant to be horror movies. They're just meant to be unsettling. Yeah, sure. And there are some that are just... Like, know. a Hannibal Lecter. I'm not yeah, sure, like... Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Well, it's a thriller, not That's a horror movie. Bring up. Right. Because, yeah. like, you're not From scared what of Hannibal Lecter. The guy in the movie, the Buffalo Bill, he's a serial killer. He kills and skins people and make. Spoiler alert. He kidnaps girls, skins them, and makes a suit so that he can become a girl. Very controversial in today because, like, he's a murderer, psychopath. He skins people, but also with other political connotations and stuff associated with it, it'd be kind of difficult to address in full. But Hannibal Lecter adds a thriller part because he's never really a threat until he escapes, and that's in the later half of the movie. And so, like, from what I hear about him talking, He's more the psychological horror, yes. where he brings it from that thriller mm -hmm. to that horror. Mm. I like that. I like that addition. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. He, he makes you think outside of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I watched it, I think, two semesters ago. Sorry. Is it the, uh, the newest one? The newest one? Heath Ledger's Joker? Heath Ledger's Joker is unsettling, because he makes some really good points, and it digs into you. Like, as uh -huh. soon as you start thinking, mm -hmm. and it just settles there, and you're like, huh. <laughs> it's not wrong. And that's why Two Face gets made. Yeah. Yeah. He's like but, settled. It's <laughs> settled. <laughs> settled. Yeah. But so, yeah. Where were you and yeah. I? There was. Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> Science of the Lambs. You watched Science it. of the Lambs. I did. Yeah. I watched it like two semesters ago, and like for an entire day after the fact, I was like. Mm -hmm. There are people that you haven't found that are actually, like, serial killers that are actually out there. And for a couple of days, I was like, oh, jeez. It really could be. And I was like, yeah. yeah, whatever. Like, within, okay. within six degrees, you know the six degrees oh, of Kevin Bacon? Within yeah. six degrees, everyone guaranteed knows a, like, possible murderer. Yeah. Within six degrees, I know Jeffrey Dahmer, personally. Sure. Like, that's sketchy. It, it, it's like four degrees, I think. I knew someone whose mom knew someone who almost got kidnapped by Jeffrey Dahmer. There you go. Yeah, that's so close in proximity to like my everyday life. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it makes you think. It yeah. gets creepy. Yeah. I, in case you can't tell by my enthusiasm, I love this stuff so heckin' much. But I did a the longest. I was actually mentioning this earlier. The longest research paper I've done so far, and also, I'm starting, like, quarterway through junior year as an English major, and still, the longest paper I've ever typed is only 12 pages. So, kind of, like, I don't, I don't know if that means I need to step up my game as a writer, but senior year high school, I did a research paper on the pros and cons of horror media. Exactly what we're talking about. There you go. And, like, stuff that gets at you has effect on you psychologically. Yeah. Like some some people, uh, I don't know if anyone would prescribe it, but there's a movie called like Ghosts of War, which mm -hmm. is pretty intense, and other like war-based things that would still be considered horror have helped some people with exposure therapy after PTSD. <laughs> or other people who've gone through traumatic stuff watch those, and it acts as exposure therapy. Or, like, The Shining we mentioned earlier, just a fun fact about it, 
there were studies that were done. They took like a hundred people, had them watch The Shining, calculate like how many calories they burnt watching that movie, then had them run on a treadmill to see how long it takes to burn the same amount. The average person burns the same amount watching The Shining as it takes them to burn 45 minutes running on a treadmill. So like, they're... There are different levels. You ever don't want to exercise, watch The Shining. That's what I'm hearing. So, yeah. Burn calories. Cardio. Cardio. Watch The Shining. But, yeah, that is interesting. There's so much stuff. And then you could go, like, we circle back to shows, The Walking Dead. Since Mm -hmm. The Walking Dead rose in popularity, disaster preparedness has increased exponentially. Because every oh, yeah. zombie bug out bag doubles as a natural disaster in, in yeah. case of emergency kit. Yeah, yeah people, absolutely. People like with hurricanes and stuff down south, when hurricanes come knock out power and people are unable to get rescued for days, they're ready because they have their yeah, like, like yeah, yeah they have their biohazard neon green axe with a year's <laughs> worth of army rations with it because yeah. people are ready for disasters. Mm-hmm. So like, it's a good yeah. thing. Nightmares, surviving hurricane. I'll take a, I'll take a couple bad dreams over drowning because of the wind. So yeah, there's just grab a firearm and rack the slide right now. I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, like ready. we look at talk. Sorry, going back to horror versus thriller because yeah, that go one got it. with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Prey is thriller. If you ever watched the new Prey movie out, mm. the like Predator-based movie, I think yeah. the original Predator is more horror because sure. while it's not practical, it's that you don't see it until the very end. Mm-hmm. And so it's that it can come from anywhere. Whereas yeah. Prey, you constantly see it throughout the movie. Right. So it's less of a, oh yeah. my goodness, what is that right. thing? You know what that thing is. Yeah. I feel like that's Whereas like... Predator, you never know what it is until it shows up in the flesh. And so Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, like uh, horror uh, has to have a psychological component to it. To be I think horror. I don't necessarily think so because there's like slasher horror, which is just kind of that like running them down. But still, it's the same. It's but the it's same it's that idea like, of like being hunted. Right. So I think it does have to it's have still, this psychological. It almost has to appeal to our you know prey. Yeah. Yeah. Brain like a, like a reptile brain. That's yeah. Just like yeah. part of, that makes me think because you mentioned you don't see it until like the very end of the movie. I feel like that might be a key part in the difference between a thriller and a horror movie because you see michael myers from the very beginning like right. every once in a while he like hides in a shadow and slowly merges out and it's a really good intense scene for the couple seconds that it exists mm-hmm. but a quiet place you're on edge the entire time you don't know what it because is. you see like in you see a quick flash of it when it goes and hits the kid at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. but other than that it's silent you're hiding because you don't want to attract not being able to see something makes it infinitely more scary. That's why, like, the, the thing, the mm-hmm. it, the concept is these guys are at some Arctic place or whatever. It's yeah. a shape changer. It turns into people. Yeah. Or, like, the idea of possession is scary because you can't see what's affecting you. Yeah. You can just see Ooh. the effects of it. Which is why poltergeists right. are such a... Like last week. So, fun <laughs> couple things, real quick. <laughs> Um, one, the words that the Norwegians, if you ever watch the thing, the dog, there's this dog running out and the Norwegians are yelling after it. And if you ever like 
so for people who learn Norwegian, the movie was completely spoiled because the Norwegians chase after it, yelling that thing's not a dog, get away from it. But no one speaks Norwegian in America, so they're all like, oh yeah, I wonder what this movie's about. Whereas all the people in the theaters in speaking Norwegian are like, what? what do you mean it's not a dog? And then I saw this Tumblr post that just cracked me up about it. It was like, all right, in two hours of watching the thing, I'm going to figure out a better name for it. And then he comments on his own post. He's like, never mind, that's a thing. And then he comments again. He's like, man, these guys are really bad at Among Us. <laughs> There's something there. But like, so we watched, I've been watching just got into supernatural chris mm. has convinced me it's so and there's there's one called i think the episode know, is called, called skin skin Ooh, it's a doppelganger so it's a shape changer so shape changer the it's guy yeah he like melts off yeah it's the same as a doppelganger yeah it melts off its skin changes its eyes and ears and takes the shape and voice and to an extent knowledge of another person so it can perfectly imitate them. Hmm. So scared. What's the the something effect where like we're hardwired to be afraid of something that's almost human but oh, not human? Yeah. What is it's, that? It's know. something valley. No. Uncanny valley. Uncanny valley. Yeah, it's like if there's something that's it's why people are afraid of dolls or mannequins. The Polar Express or, movie. Yeah. It's creepy as crap. We're hardwired to recognize human shapes. Yeah. But if it's yeah. almost a human, it's we're unsettled. Just off. Because yeah. it's imitating us. That, ah, that's so creepy. It all just brings so, back to biblical for me. Every single what, thing you say part? is just like Nephilim. Right. It's Nephilim, almost or the fact that demons can like, you know, influence people or that angels, demons that are fallen, look like people in some cases. Right. Like But they're not quite right. They're just off. And so oh. it's interesting because there is a biological instinct hardwired to be afraid of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I think one of the things that comes from that is one of my favorite things in movies, in specifically horror movies or that sort of genre, is when there's a person, but the audience can see a distinct difference, but the person in the movie can't. Or, like, they get a glimpse of it, but dismiss it as, like, I just went weird. Like, in Supernatural, just for easy examples, when a person is possessed, they look the same, they sound the same, their attitude will probably change. Mm-hmm. but the eyes are blacked out if the demon wants them to be just to yeah. and so like it's a person but the eyes are just different enough that it throws you off there are some people that the biggest example mystique from the x-men movies yeah, yeah. her eyes do the yellow tick mm-hmm. right or the the shapeshifters in supernatural if their eyes are caught in cameras they glow yellow like a like a cat's mm. or some flash white there's some people that i've had classes Look. with like senior year of high school there was this girl in my spanish class and she was kind of she's kind of weird but she was super funny and he's like whatever and she always sat directly across from me every once in a while she would she was more she had a more goth style and every once in a while she would wear contacts that like they were the size of the color of her eyes and it would just put this deep maroon color over her eyes and her pupil so i could see the whites of her eyes and then just a large black of maroon i remember one day specifically i think it was the first time i saw her wearing i looked up and looked back down at my paper and i think it was the first time i ever had a genuine double take i looked up and i panicked just like what the crap is wrong with you 
And she smiled and she had fangs. And I stood up and I was like, what the heck? And then she's just... I, it took me a couple of seconds to register the goth. So, but the same the same thing happened with you on Halloween. Yes, because the other year, uh, every once in a while he dresses up as Puck, which is one of his D and D characters. <clears throat> Funny character. Um, the snake oil salesman. Yeah, I think like the Wizard of Oz from Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah, him and Loki were my inspiration. Yeah, I like that phenomenal. And now reading Shakespeare, Puck. Mm-hmm. Like Puck, you didn't get it at the time, but it's so dream. perfect. So good, but his he had green contacts in. Mm-hmm. It freaked people out, and that I also did double. Like I was staring at him because I was like, "It's off, it's wrong," but I don't know why. But it's not Chris, mm-hmm. and it it screwed with me. It's so good, so almost human, but not quite. That's why Frankenstein stands. Yeah, out. or like so. Okay, here's where Walking we get dead zombies. Obviously yeah. incorrect, mm-hmm. but there are things that are like. Dracula or Frankenstein or Wolfman, yeah. especially Wolfman, because in every sense he's human until, until he's he not. changes. Or Dracula, until you notice the larger canines and the paler complexion, he's just another person. Until you see something that definitively tells you that's not a person. You're convinced that person can be a friend or an ally or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on the other side of that, one of my favorite things that I was just thinking about now. So actually, two things. First, we're going to go into a bit of Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. And Jekyll and Hyde is interesting because one is that and the other is not. And it's the same it's the same dude. Mm-hmm. But it's that such distinct personalities that Jekyll is the doctor, right? Yes. Jekyll could be your friend. And there's no reason Jekyll can't be your friend. He's literally the better half. Like, Jekyll is a great dude. And then Hyde shows up. But for the first, like, <laughs> for the first large well, part of the book, you don't know that they're the same guy. And so you trust Jekyll, because why wouldn't you? And you're just like, oh, he's friends with Mr. Hyde. But, like, maybe he didn't know. And then you learn Jekyll and Hyde are the same. But then the other one, on the opposite side of that, and one of the great, I think, psychological kind of horrors, not completely, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Because similar to Frankenstein's monster, Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster, it brings this idea of what is a monster and what is a man, and is it how you look, or is it how you act? Because, for example, while the Hunchback of Notre Dame doesn't look like someone you would naturally be friends with, because... I'm scary looking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for most of the book, he's a really nice, really sweet guy. But Judge Claude Frollo, the priest, the priest is supposed to be the guy. Like, he's supposed to be the priest, right? He's supposed to be the guy you can trust and confide in. But he's not. And there's nothing... The problem is there's nothing off about him so to speak right shape changes we talk about they all have something that's just that weird off judge claude frollo it's not that obvious you have to distinguish that he's that guy through his actions and that's all you can do and all these other horror movies they have the distinct this is the like how you tell and so i think psychologically that's one that the horror is you can look at the cover and see what's scary but psychological thriller 
you can't judge the book by its cover, but once you get into the pages, that's where the horror comes out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do we got anything else? Let's see, we um, did books, about movies, did comics. You guys played games? Like horror games? Betrayal at House on the Hill it's is pretty good a board game. horror board game. And it's it's pretty good. Um, it's the I think the main problem with it being a horror game is that any horror game is hard to play because you're talking and laughing and hanging out with friends while you're doing it. Right. Unless you're like really serious about playing the actual game. So it's hard to disconnect those. Because right. like frankly, Werewolf, if done in a serious mood, yeah. could be a terrifying game. Oh yeah. Mafia, if that's the style y'all play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's that has okay. potential to be a psychological thriller. Yeah. You have to get into who, the place. Who can I trust? Right. Because everybody looks like they're good and trustworthy, but who's waking up at mm-hmm. night? Uh, but you got any games or thoughts? Not really. No. I've no. I've seen several horror like video games played. Mm-hmm. Like The Last of Us. I've played some and seen that. It's basically zombie apocalypse. The Walking yeah. Dead Telltale game is phenomenal. I love the story in that. And mm-hmm. the horror, strangely, I think with a lot of the games, or at least those two, horror is not the main part of the game. It's the storytelling. Yeah. But there are games where the horror is more focused, like I mentioned earlier, Until Dawn. It's another choice-based, conversation-based game. Not a lot of gameplay, just exploring and finding out the story. Mm-hmm. But the horror elements, the Wendigo and the guy hunting them out there, and the dead sister and all this stuff, it's it's important because it's scary. And there's, uh, let's see, what else was there? Dead by Daylight uh, is a horror Dead by game. Daylight? Uh, sorry, I was just thinking about that. I feel like Dead by Daylight is good because it it's a good merge of the two, mm-hmm. where you can have fun and hang out with friends and play a party game. But also, you can yeah. genuinely get your heart racing yeah. when yeah. the creepy nurse lady floats around the corner and you mess up your generator. And yeah, part <laughs> of it's just thriller, right? Because it's that like, ooh, spooky monster killer thing. But part of it is that horror because it tricks that lizard brain and it's that hunting. Chase. So like that lizard brain goes into, I'm being hunted. Yeah. I need to run. Well, that's why, like, even older games like Amnesia, mm-hmm. I've never played it myself, but I've, I've seen it played a few times, and it's like, mm-hmm. that gets you good. Yeah, the yeah. chase. Mm-hmm. Or even, I feel like that's another place where a psychological like, thriller and horror can mix in movies and stuff. Like, there's a game, Subnautica, where yeah. it's it's exploring the ocean. There's really good graphics there is a story you don't have to follow you build a a base in the water you explore fish you discover things you invent new like technologies to help you get off this planet Mm -hmm. but there's also really scary stuff when you go into deep water oh yeah there's the leviathans and there's big what is it like crab squids and Mm -hmm. the sound design is phenomenal and it reminds me if you cycle way back to radio shows, War of the Worlds. Mm. I was reading something about that earlier, and just the chaos that that caused, because it was so, like, the radio show was so good, and then the movie coming from it had phenomenal sound effects. Just Marvel Comics also had War of the Worlds, fun fact, sorry. 
feel like it was probably different than it was Martian <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Hmm? It was Martian stuff. I don't know. Oh, Kill well, Raven. Yeah. It, so War of the Worlds, the radio show. So it was on, like how Firefly was on the like Kill Zone for the TV channel. Yeah, you're gonna put right. it on when people aren't gonna listen. That's the same time this guy's radio show was on. I can't remember his name. But right after it, there was a really popular show. And he was like, okay, I'm going to buy the rights for this book, War of the Worlds, adapt it from being in the 1800s to being modern-day New Jersey, mm -hmm. and then get some good actors to come and perform it for everyone. And it was only, like, 50 minutes. But people who tuned in to the last, like, half of it so that they could catch the next popular show heard radio announcements that New York was under siege from Martians and there were fires spreading across the Midwest because of an alien invasion and there was rioting and looting and panic and fear just spread all over the place because you were hunted. Yeah. And that cycled back to the games. I feel like that's where a big part of that is. Like the Resident Evil or I think it's Resident Evil so, or Outlast you're a the scariest parts of those games, like, they're jump scares, but you are never, like, you can be shocked by a jump scare, you're not scared until you're being chased by something. Yeah. I feel like that's why we play tag, like, as kids. Like, Ooh. it's, it's, <laughs> you pump your adrenaline because you're being hunted by something. And the same way we get that's a... True. And then you get into, like, capture the flag. Yeah. We where get you're getting into... run down. Especially, like, if you ever play big wooded capture the flag, yeah. where it's, like, yeah. a mile by a mile or... in, like, the woods, and you're running and something's chasing you down. Or it's hide and seek terrifying. at Like, you play those games. You play hide and seek and capture the flag and tag Ooh. and grog. Jailbreak? Jailbreak. Jailbreak. Because you're being hunted by something. And it Ooh. activates the same macabre interest that brings people to a horror genre in general. It pumps adrenaline in a way that we're not familiar with anymore because we don't worry about being hunted in our regular lives. But these you don't worry about being hunted in your regular <laughs> life. These different mediums put your headspace into the headspace of prey or something that needs panic and needs instant adrenaline yeah. so that it can survive. Mm -hmm. It's like a drug, but... I, at least in my experience, it's the most addictive one, though. For, <laughs> for me, that's why zombie tag is so fun. Because at a certain point, when you see everyone else get out, You're it running. becomes futile. And there's nothing you can do. Sure. No matter how fast you are, they'll run you down. Eventually, yeah. But Starting so, with, I didn't even think about that those is sort of childhood. That's thing, such a... I tag like is that. a horror game. Yeah. That's so, so much fun. <laughs> yeah. it's so so I think... <laughs> There's two things that I, I absolutely require we talk about that I just thought of while we were talking. Mm. Number one, thriller horror, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Oh, terrifying. Oh, one terrifying. of the most infamous, like, old... You want to talk about old horror? Like, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds? Scares the crap out of Hitchcock's people. In general, if you guys ever, like... Oh, yeah. We go to the... So we, like, work at the church, and it takes us going to the dump. And there are so many crows and ravens out so there. There's so many birds. You see them in swarms. And it's the closest you'll ever get to mm. these massive swarms of birds. And I'm like, I can see why that's bad. No, every time I think of the movie The Birds and then I go walk someplace, every time I see a bird, I'm like, 
<laughs> there's there's a restaurant not too far from our house. It's this Mexican restaurant we love. And stepping outside, I remember there was one day in the there's tree so up front. The, the like there were no leaves in the tree, but it was still giving shade. And I looked up and the car drove by and just birds. Every quote unquote leaf in this tree was a sparrow. And I panicked so fast. <laughs> Cause it's scary as crap. Because Alfred Hitchcock is really good at making that just panic mentality consistently through them. Yeah. 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 So that's, you added a third thing to my list. Um, along <laughs> with that, 1984. If you guys ever read it, I'm going to spoil it, Jonathan. Go for it. I've heard it. So at the so end, um, this guy, the main character, can't remember his name, gets taken to Room 101. Mm. And what Room 101 does is they find your deepest fear and they just torture you with it, right? Mm. And they find his deepest fear and it's rats. And a single rat, not too bad. Two rats, not too bad. But it's these swarms upon swarms of rats everywhere. You can't get away. You can't escape. And that's... Swarms are terrifying. Because no matter what you do against a swarm, there will always be more. Especially in those endless swarms, right? You think about Jack Russell Terriers. They used to have rat versus dog fights, right? And they'd put Jack Russell Terriers. That's what they were made. It's rat dogs. And... You put them against one rat, easy. Two rats, easy. But you put 300 rats in the thing, and it kills 200 of them. But there's still 100 rats that will pick it apart. And that's why piranhas and rats and birds and spiders and snakes are so terrifying. Because one by one, they're not too bad. But when they come en masse, Harry Potter, the second Harry Potter, in Aragog's den... Aragog is kind of creepy because he's big spider but when the spiders start running them down and they're crawling over the car and they're catching up and they're hitting them and the windshield is breaking because of this mass of spiders it's terrifying and then the third thing we have to talk about one of the fathers of horror psychological horror especially Edgar Allan Poe yeah Edgar Allan Poe is something else I feel like I think uh, that was at a time where like spiritualism's on a rise in America at least. Like the Fox yeah. sisters is doing like medium acts for people and like Houdini was in there somewhere doing all sorts of spooky disappear. His wife held seances at his house after he died. That whole like supernatural bridge the gap mm-hmm. mentality and like fascination was growing in the country at the time. So then Edgar Allan Poe comes up, comes in and just brings in a, I keep saying the cop, but it's the correct word. He yeah. has this interest and fascination with death and like living interaction with death. <laughs> it's so good. And he does this. So all of his things do different ones. So like the Raven, the Raven, I would say mostly is this. We talk about we talk about Scream and we talk about like Friday the thirteenth and Halloween. It brings this idea of this it trains this fear into us of everyday life. How often do you hear someone knock on the door? Because that's how it all starts in that. And so for people reading it at that time, as soon as you read it like four or five times, you get this fear of knocking. And so someone knocks on the door and you don't know. Whereas, like, the telltale heart is this psychological, like, terrifying thing of just this man going insane by his own guilt. His own guilt drives him to this level of just 
insanity and instability. And honestly, I think the Telltale Heart is one of the most terrifying stories because it's him being driven by his own, but it's also the evil eye, right? It all starts mm -hmm. with the eye. And if you guys have ever seen one of those eyes, like it's, there are certain eyes that just shark eyes. Yeah. There are eyes that just screw goats, with you. Right. Goats, and goats, goats, goats eyes, especially we were at the pumpkin patch and there were these all white goats and their eyes yellow. were always bright white open and the eyes were yellow with the slid pupils. Yeah. And they like all the other goats kind of looked down and like moved around. These ones would just stare at you. Eyes wide open, the slits. Yeah, goat eyes. I feel like those are associated with scary stuff because goats and they no, they just look janky, dude. No, yeah, no, you're right. They are the reason they're associated. But with. yeah, you're absolutely right. But for me, there are certain. I don't know. I think dogs are the only things that I've seen those eyes in. Is like when a dog is I've like excited it. or like they've been playing and they're like ready to keep going and like their just pupil grows. Like, dilated dog eyes are one of the most unsettling. Well, yeah. Because it's just, it's a level of empty. Because, like, I don't know any dogs in calculus. Dogs' minds are normally focused on stick, person, sleep, right. food. Like, they're they're fairly vacant. They're one track. But it's they're still intelligent well. enough that they're looking for, like, ball, stick, person. Mm -hmm. So searching empty eyes are something that's yeah. unsettling. For me, it's... It's when, like, I'm playing tug-of-war with my dog, right? Mm -hmm. And we're having fun, and he's growling, but it's play growling. And then we're getting intense, we're getting into it. He's, like, I'm, like, moving, he's pulling me off balance. And then you see it in his eyes, and it's just that flip from, like, that just second flip. And then he's back to playing. But it's that second flip into beast. That's right. I am a beast, and I can take this person down. <laughs> and then it flips back to, oh, I'm playing. But it's that second of, like, just the true wild. The thought of Atlas being a horror movie monster is hilarious because, like, he can't even be a guard dog. Let's be real. Okay, but imagine, imagine him like if you ever see him serious, yeah, he no. looks he, he looks, looks like, like a, a winter wolf. wolf. Yeah, he looks like a like, wolf. Pure. Yeah. So my dog, for reference, is pure white with like piercing blue eyes. Yeah. So if you just get that like beast of the hunt in those eyes, but I think he's spooky. Yeah, but it's that other thing of like. Every once in a while, people get that same flash in there. People will get the empty, right? Mm. Of, like, that just dead. Um, and, like, if you ever want a great monologue on that, Daredevil. Like, the opening scene of Daredevil, where he's talking to the priest, mm. is one of the best ideas of, like, that dead eye. Great. Let the devil out. But yeah. then the other thing is that second of Beast, right? And people get that. And for people with self-control they can get that back easy and then you get jack from the shiny but it's just that second all it takes is that second of just that beast in their eyes that i'm not gonna hurt. i'm not gonna here's i'm just gonna hurt you really really bad and it's that like one of the best examples of that is wolverine quite mm. frankly like or even better saber tooth and if you ever watch like wolverine origins comics wise horrible movie <laughs> but the way it portrays Sabretooth is beautifully done because Sabretooth isn't always a bad guy sometimes he's working for the government sometimes he's working on the side of right but at his core he's the killer he's the beast and so he goes from that talking person who's hanging out with his brother and then that flash happens and he rips like he has stories in the comics where he hunts down every single mutant who lives in the sewers 
and just massacres them. Mm. And it's terrifying because you see that man become beast. It's a mutant again. He's and almost then, human. And then he turns back and then he changes back. He's back. He's back to normal. And it's that beast in his eyes. And there's every once in a while, there's an actor who really can capture that. And it's beautiful in this terrifying way. It makes me wonder, like, serial killers, do we actually consider them human as a, as a whole? Or is it something else? Because they're just off, right? There's something but a lot of them aren't. And that's why Ted Bundy? Right, and that's, that's why wasn't, they're... Right, that's, so to speak. That's why they're like, you know, people, they're, they, they can entice people because they seem normal. But, like, the, typically we, when we see, like, movie depictions of them, they're just... Oh. And I think that's that's something that bugs me in movies, especially when it depicts, like, semi... Or, like, real serial killers, yeah. is that you can tell they're off. But what's more terrifying about real serial killers is often they're not. Yeah. I feel like... Until you get them to a point where, like, it's just you and them and they're going to kill you, then that you can tell they're off. But, like, Ted Bundy... Worked a job. He was a teacher. I'm pretty sure. Like, like he just worked a job, and it was normal. And like he had friends, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He's a regular guy. Just he started to start killing people. Yeah. I feel like Anthony Hopkins does a really good job doing the eyes. In if we go back to Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. he does a really good job. He's portraying... Hannibal Lecter, right? Yeah, he, yeah. He's he is the crazy. He guy. just has like that thing about him. He also has a voice that helps. Also, he's in prison behind bulletproof glass, and it's known before you see him that he's eating people. Yeah, that might have which, something to do with it. But like but Anthony Hopkins' portrayal, even in, in the rights, which I also mentioned earlier, he's able to do something that's just off enough that it's unsettled. Yeah, like Hugh Jackman's Wolverine doesn't do a lot of things that are off, but every once it. in a while he goes into that like rage in the movies. And you can see it in his eyes, where there's no man left. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I could do a whole episode on crazy eyes because I have a whole thought about that. But we'll wrap this one up. Yeah, we're this is probably our longest episode. Yeah, probably. And we could talk for ages. Yeah, yeah, we really could. I like scary stuff. I like thriller stuff. I like things that are just unsettling enough that a creaky door. Sun sees you sleepless night. I love that vibe. It's fun. <laughs> That's my rap laugh. Yeah. On that note, lads, let us. Thanks for, you know, thank you guys for tuning in. And yeah. we'll see you hopefully next week yeah. for our radio show. Yeah. So that's something that, that we got to get to work on. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see you next week, hopefully next Friday. Uh, if that's not done, we'll have someone else for you. But, look it. See y'all. Yeah. Right, bye. 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 Goodbye.